Words for Granted is supported by Yabla, language immersion through authentic programming in the language you want to learn. Yabla features modern television, film, and original content by native speakers of Spanish, French, Italian, English, German, and Chinese. Yabla's premier language learning video platform enhances conversational understanding by utilizing custom playback, subtitles, flashcards, and learning games, such as Yabla's patented dictation game Scribe. Stream authentic shows you enjoy and learn at the same time. Try Yabla risk-free for 15 days by going to yabla.com slash WFG. That's yabla, Y-A-B-L-A, dot com slash WFG. Hey everyone, I'm Ray Belli. And this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. Thanks to listeners Julie and Diego for their recent contributions on Patreon. If you'd like to become a supporter of this completely independent podcast, you can make a contribution at patreon.com slash words for granted. We've got bonus episodes, mugs, and more. I hope you're all staying safe and sane out there in this time of extreme uncertainty. Apologies for the lateness of this episode. I'm adjusting to this weird new coronavirus world just like the rest of us. Without further ado, let's get on to the episode, part four in a series on the evolution of English idioms. If you have a friend or family member who works in the performing arts, you've probably told them to break a leg. Regardless if they're a high school student in drama club or a world-famous rock star, the idiom, break a leg, is used to wish actors and musicians good luck before a live performance, often the opening night of a new work. Unlike most of the words and phrases we've explored over the course of this show, it seems like non-linguists and non-language nerds have a lot to say about the etymology of to break a leg. In my non-podcasting life, I'm a professional musician, so that probably contributes to some selection bias here, but over the years, I've heard countless armchair explanations of why performers are told to break a leg. Contrary to the idiomatic meaning of to break a leg, if a performer actually broke their leg, that would be terrible luck. So, I guess the stark, ironic contrast between the literal and figurative meanings of to break a leg has led people to believe that the idiom must have an interesting origin story. The actual idea behind the idiom is that directly wishing a performer good luck would jinx the performance with bad luck. That much is pretty well understood, but what's unclear is how and why break a leg specifically came to be the fixed set of words used to express this superstition. Before diving into the etymology of break a leg, I should mention that other fields within the performing arts also have their own idioms equivalent to break a leg, similarly motivated by the superstition that wishing good luck is actually bad luck. Before singing in the opera, operatic performers often say, in bocca al lupo, Italian for into the wolf's mouth, or toy toy toy, an onomatopoetic expression mimicking spitting three times, a gesture believed to ward off evil spirits. Before dancing, dancers say merde, French for shit, in addition to the Spanish and Portuguese variations mucha mierda and muita merde, respectively, both of which mean lots of shit. <laughs> 
Etymologists aren't 100% sure about the etymology of break a leg, and that's because there might not be one single etymology. Later on in this episode, it'll become clear what I mean by that. So let's dive into a few possible explanations of the idiom's origins and debunk a few popular myths. The earliest recorded idiomatic usage of break a leg dates back to England during the 1670s, and it meant to give birth to a bastard child. Apparently a short-lived slang expression, there's not much written about how and why this idiom emerged. In the 1680s, the written record also attests another idiomatic usage of break a leg, meaning to seduce someone. I mention these early idiomatic usages merely to be thorough. They almost certainly have nothing to do with the later theatrical sense of break a leg that emerged during the 20th century. But before moving on from the 17th century, it's worth noting that in early Middle English, the word break had a wider range of meanings than it does today. The OED attests over 50. One of these older senses of break meant to bend. Imagine bending a straight line. In a way, you're breaking it. In this older Elizabethan context, to break a leg, then, could be interpreted as to bow, to bend a knee, or to curtsy, all of which were actions performed by actors of the time, and for that matter, actors today. This has led some sources to speculate that break a leg may indeed go back to the time of Shakespeare, but we don't have evidence that this phrase was spoken by Elizabethan actors or to Elizabethan actors before their performances, and if it was, it probably lacked the ironic superstitious element characterizing the idiom today. In a few minutes, you'll see why. Now that we've addressed these early and probably irrelevant usages, let's move ahead to the 20th century, the century in which the modern sense of the idiom actually emerged. The earliest recorded idiomatic usage of break a leg as an expression of good luck appears in a 1921 article entitled In Defense of Superstition in The New Statesman, a British magazine covering liberal politics and culture. In it, Irish essayist Robert Wilson Lind writes, quote, the stage is the most superstitious institution in England, after the race course. The latter is so superstitious that to wish a man luck on his way to a race meeting is considered unlucky. Instead of saying good luck, you should say something insulting like, break a leg, end quote. Though it's worded a little awkwardly, according to Lind, it's horse racers, not actors, who should be told to break a leg. The article goes on to enumerate actors' various superstitions, such as carrying makeup boxes, picking up pins, and saying the last line of a play during rehearsal, but he leaves out anything about wishing an actor good luck before a performance. If he had acquired break-a-leg from the theater, given the context of this discussion, he probably would have said that was the case. So, did break-a-leg migrate to the theater from horse racing? Probably not. There's no evidence outside of Lynn's article that this was a common horse racing idiom at the time, and nowadays it's considered bad luck to wish a jockey to break a leg. Furthermore, the theatrical sense of break a leg emerged in America, while The New Statesman was a British magazine. My guess is that Lind merely improvised a turn of phrase that coincidentally would later emerge in the domain of American theaters. Usually, I don't chalk off linguistic coincidences so lightly, but consider this. 
Jockeys break body parts all the time, and bodily metaphors starting with the verb break, such as break my back, break my bones, break my balls, etc., are not entirely unprecedented. While Lynn's article is probably not the birth of the theatrical sense of break a leg, it does allude to the idiom's most likely cultural origin, which we've already discussed, superstition. Let's read an excerpt from a 1909 issue of Theater Magazine. Quote, If you number an actor or actress among your friends and desire to retain his or her friendship, there are three things you positively must not do, especially if the actor is of the old school. Do not whistle in the theater, do not look over his shoulder into the glass while he is making up, and do not hum the witch's song from Macbeth. Older actors would almost prefer to lose their salary than go on in Macbeth on account of this song. They believe that it casts spells upon the members of the company. End quote. While perhaps a bit exaggerated, many such descriptions of actors exist from this time period, and today, theater actors are still a stereotypically superstitious bunch. In spite of enumerating actors' top superstitions, like Lynn's article in The New Statesman, this slightly earlier article in Theater Magazine also fails to mention anything about the superstition of wishing a performer good luck before taking the stage. These glaring absences suggest to me that the idiom break a leg wasn't yet in use during the first two decades of the 20th century, even outside the realm of the written record. Why would an article published in 1909 about what the theater was like in 1909 leave out an idiom in use in 1909? It doesn't really make sense. Side note, in previous episodes of this podcast, I've said that the written record can't reliably tell us when a word or phrase emerges in the spoken language. When dealing with old, middle, and even early modern English words and phrases, this is true. But with the increased publication of novels, newspapers, and magazines in the 19th and 20th centuries, the English written record during these later time periods often captures changes in the spoken language as they happen. Not always, but often. As you can imagine, this is increasingly the case in the 21st century with the emergence of Internet English, but that's a story for another time. Anyway, if we put faith in the written record, then it's not until the 1940s that break a leg became ubiquitous in the theater. Strong evidence for this comes from a 1948 article in the Ask the Gazette column in the Charleston Gazette. Quote, Question. What are some well-known superstitions of the theater? Answer. Superstitions of the stage are numerous and many, and are particular to individual actors and actresses. That it is bad luck to whistle in a dressing room is a widely accepted belief. Another is that one actor should not wish another good luck before a performance, but say instead, I hope you break a leg. End quote. Unlike the similar article in Theater Magazine from 1909, which omits any mention of break a leg, here we have a loud and clear demonstration of the idiom in its modern sense. But this still doesn't address where the idiom actually came from. While we've established that break a leg probably wasn't borrowed from horse racing into theater slang, some etymologists believe it may have been borrowed from, or at least influenced by, something else. An entirely different language. Consider this usage of break a leg from Faith Baldwin's 1925 novel, Thresholds. Quote, 
Rupert said, smiling a little, Isn't that a Teutonic expression employed before the chase? She laughed, lazily, over the lifted glass. Not exactly. I believe that would be bad luck or something. You say, I hope you break a leg, or your neck, or some such hope of calamity. End quote. The word Teutonic is an antiquated synonym for German, and the expression in question is almost certainly Hals und Beinbruch, which literally means neck and leg break. According to the autobiography of Manfred von Richthofen, a.k.a. the Red Baron, German air fighter pilots in World War I wished each other Hals und Beinbruch before flying out into battle, hence Rupert's reference to the chase in the Faith Baldwin quote I just read. Like the theatrical sense of break a leg, these fighter pilots wished each other Hals und Beinbruch, something completely undesirable, to avoid jinxing a positive outcome in the actual battle. We should note that the idiom was not novel to German air fighters, and that it's an idiom still in use in German today. Because of the slightly odd grammatical construction of Hals und Beinbruch, linguists tend to believe it comes from a corruption of the Yiddish expression Hatzloke und Broke, meaning success and blessing, an expression that ultimately derives from Hebrew. Hatzloke und Broke, Hals und Beinbruch. You can hear how the pronunciation of the former could lead to the emergence of the latter. Historically spoken by Askenashi Jews, Yiddish was a Germanic dialect that drew heavily from Hebrew and is also written using the Hebrew alphabet. Unlike Break a Leg and its possible German predecessor, Hals und Beinbruch, the Yiddish Hatzloke und Broke expressed good luck and success by literally wishing good luck and success, not superstitiously wishing the opposite. Of course, the implicit allusion to Hals und Beinbruch in Faith Baldwin's novel has nothing to do with the theater. As already stated, the theatrical sense of Break a Leg doesn't appear regularly until the 1940s, and in my opinion, the lateness of this date weakens the theory that Break a Leg is an American English loan translation of the German Halsun Beinbruch. German-speaking German-Americans were a predominant minority in America during the late 19th and early 20th centuries, but during and after World War I, German-American identity was largely stigmatized and suppressed in America. As German declined as a spoken language in America, the contact between German and American English naturally declined too. Furthermore, German immigration to America also declined in the wake of World War I, thus making a post-World War I borrowing from German less likely than a pre-World War I borrowing. If the expression were indeed borrowed before World War I, why did it take four decades to appear in the written record? I don't know. According to most etymological sources, Hals und Beinbruch is the most likely origin of break a leg, but none of them seem to comment on this historical fact. Since Hals und Beinbruch doesn't exactly provide us with a smoking gun, let's turn to some other plausible explanations for break a leg's etymology. But first, a word about today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Yabla. Yabla is an online language learning platform that uses video content in conjunction with additional tools like flashcards, games, informative articles, and more to help you get on track to fluency. Yabla's video library contains over 1,000 videos for each of the languages it offers. Chinese, Italian, Spanish, French, German, and English. 
For the past few weeks, I've been using Yabla to brush up on my Spanish, which admittedly isn't great, but I'm remembering a lot of what I've forgotten over the years while also internalizing new words, expressions, and grammar. Tal vez algún día hablaré bien español. You can watch videos with bilingual subtitles, English-only subtitles, or no subtitles at all. You can toggle the subtitles on and off mid-video, and each word in the subtitles is hyperlinked to a bilingual dictionary, so you can look up new words with one click. You can download full transcripts of the videos you watch, leave comments, view others' comments. The list of features goes on and on. I particularly like their catalog of articles about everything ranging from grammar usage to idioms. These articles usually have accompanying videos and audio clips demonstrating the discussion topic, so you can get an authentic sense of the whys, what's, and how's of everyday speech. The best way to see what Yabla has to offer for you is to try it yourself. Try Yabla risk-free for 15 days by going to yabla.com WFG. That's yabla, Y-A-B-L-A, dot com WFG. I've linked to it in the show notes, and you can also find a link on my website. Okay, back to the show. Interestingly, the earliest appearance of Break a Leg in the written record that's directly in reference to theater isn't exactly in the sense familiar to us today. In Edna Ferber's 1939-1939 novel A Peculiar Treasure, a character says, quote, and all the understudies sitting in the back row politely wishing the various principals would break a leg. End quote. Here, the motive of to break a leg is not a superstitious euphemism, but in fact literal. The understudies are hoping that the regular actors break their legs so they might instead take the actors' roles. While this is an example of actors saying break a leg before a performance, I don't think we can properly cite this as an early example of the idiom as we know it. During the 20th century, the written record attests usages of break a leg that meant to make a strenuous effort. These examples predate the theatrical sense of the idiom, and some have suggested that this sense of the idiom could have been adapted by the theater as a way of encouraging actors and actresses to give energetic performances. However, this theory fails to take into consideration the superstitious motivation of the phrase, which based on the explicit exposition of contemporary theater superstitions in the Charleston Gazette mentioned earlier, seems to be a component of the phrase we can take as fact. While I don't buy the semantic logic proposed by this theory, it is possible that actors merely took the pre-existing phrase break a leg, a familiar generic idiom of the day for hard work, and then appropriated it for the theater, and then added a superstitious element to it. Yet another theory connects the etymology of break a leg to theater jargon for curtains. In most traditional theaters, the stage is flanked on either side by curtains. These long, tall, parallel drapes are called legs. When an actor passes the curtain and enters onto the stage, they break the leg line. Apparently, vaudeville performances during the late 19th and early 20th century would book more acts than could actually perform, so the performers who broke the leg line are the ones who actually got paid. So wishing a performer to break a leg is, according to this theory, motivation to get paid. In my opinion, none of these etymologies offers a very strong case for the definitive source of break a leg as we know it. But when all of these etymologies are considered together, I think a plausible composite scenario emerges. What I mean is that 
all of these etymologies probably contributed to the standardization of the superstitious sense of break a leg to some degree. While not originally associated with theater, the phrase break a leg, with one meaning or another, was definitely familiar to some early 20th century English speakers. Eventually, the idiom caught on among actors, acquiring a superstitious motive that wasn't associated with it before. To the frustration of etymologists like myself, at the present moment, we're not able to trace things like who first used the idiom in this way, how quickly it caught on, etc., etc. However, I think we can dispel some folk etymologies that, unlike the previous etymologies we've discussed, have no basis in the written record. So before we wrap up today's episode, let's do a bit of myth-busting. One folk etymology suggests that break a leg comes from an 18th century performance of Shakespeare's Richard III, in which British actor David Garrick was so absorbed in his role that he broke his leg mid-performance without realizing it. Another folk etymology traces its roots all the way back to ancient Greece. In ancient Greece, theater audiences didn't applaud by clapping, but by stomping their feet. If an audience member stomped long and hard enough, they might break their leg. Similarly, Elizabethan audiences sometimes banged their chairs on the ground as a form of applause, resulting in a broken chair leg. I think it's safe to say that these etymologies can be considered neat coincidences. Perhaps the best-known and wildest of all of Break-A-Leg's folk etymologies is that which connects it to the 1865 assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth while attending a comedic play at the Ford Theater in Washington, D.C. Booth, who snuck into Lincoln's private viewing box and shot him, wrote in his diary that he broke his leg leaping down to the theater's stage after pulling the trigger. Booth's diaries are known to contain wild exaggerations, so this probably isn't true. But even if it were, the connection between this incident and wishing actors good luck seems completely illogical. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already, I encourage you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you use because they really help the show grow and they give me feedback about what I can do to make the show better. I'm on Twitter at, at @wordsforgranted and Facebook as Words for Granted. And you can email me directly with questions, comments, and concerns at wordsforgranted at gmail.com. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon.